Hey there, hi there, ho there. This week we're just, you know, switching, switching up positions. You know, you guys know, know this podcast is going to be some Ariana Grande reference. It's perfect timing that Ariana Grande just came out with a new album and Vanessa Hudgens just came out with another Christmas movie. And they clearly listened to the first episode we ever did because there is a very specific reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm waiting on our check in the mail. Yeah, I don't care if it's $5, but I want it. Unless you want us switching up positions with these princesses and we got to have a whole scheme, we will, we will make it work. We will. And if it doesn't work, you can catch us at 6.30 in the courtroom. Masks on and ready to attack. That's but right. But before we can bring Vanessa Hudgens down, before we can take her down, we would never do that because then we wouldn't get this Christmas content. We have to do our seamless second. So we're... What was I, that? I'm so sorry. It's just people yell outside my apartment. I, this is what I deal with every single day, guys. It's okay. If you see it on the news and there's nobody, no crime, just know that it wasn't Katie. Ooh, she didn't do it. Spe- she just manifested it. Speaking of, so our seamless second, um, we have the same one this week because out of nowhere, Miss Taylor Allison Swift said, hey guys, sister album to folklore, dropping at midnight. And I was like, oh, this is a lot. Um. And it might have a triplet. There might be a third sister. Girl, if there is, I'm just, I can't anymore. And I mean that in a way of, like, I literally can't. I need a break from this. I Taylor Swift, I love you, but I need a break from you. Like, you're that clingy girlfriend that's just, and I don't mean, I don't mean that in the sexist way. It's just because she's a woman. I just, so I said girlfriend. She's just, like, clingy. <laughs> she's that clingy partner that you just can't get rid of. Even though we love her, we just need some space, babe. It's like when you hang out with someone and you're an introvert and your battery is drained and you're like, wow, this was so fun. I love you so much, but I don't want to see you for like two months. Yeah. So the album's called Evermore. It has the same style as folklore, but in color. Um, And here's my way of putting it. This is a rushed album. Mm-hmm. This is rushed. And I will say, you know, every era of Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift has her, has her eras, as many other artists do. She is even saying, like, I like to think about the eras every time I put out a new album. So the next one. So when she put out Reputation, she was already thinking about the lover era and all that. And, like, her themes and her aesthetics. And she said with this one, but I just kept writing the folklore one. So I just kept making new albums. And that's fine. If you want to stick to that same aesthetic era, good. But, you know, we need some time in between and not just six months. Uh-huh. Because I felt like I didn't even really get to, you know, bask in folklore. Like, there's still songs from that album that I don't have a strong opinion of because I haven't spent time with them. Elicit and affairs. then she's... Illicit oh, Affairs. Um... What's that other song called? See, I don't remember because she keeps putting new mm-hmm. tracks out. But here's the deal. Like, I'm. this is cool if she wants to stay with this sound for a while. But what I think she should have done, not that Taylor, a Grammy award-winning artist, needs my opinion at all. But from Tennessee, sweetheart, to another one. 
my Hendersonville hottie out there. Let me tell you something, baby. I think this should have been on the deluxe. She should have pulled a 1975 and just made a big fat deluxe album with all the other tracks. Because this one feels very, well, you said rushed, but it kind of gives me like rough draft energy. Yeah, it's like you're reading a, like, I would say like a sophomore student's paper. And you're just like, oh, you definitely wait till the last minute to do this. Because, like, with seniors, a senior English major, they can pull out a good, like, five to ten page paper in, like, two hours. They can. But, you know, sophomore, you're still working towards that. Like, you, you gotta you gotta be a little bit more experienced. Not saying Taylor Swift isn't experienced at all. But she should have just, like, went through a few more drafts, production and lyrical-wise. I, sh- I will say... um, being on the lyrical, like, I was looking for the lyrics. That's the first thing I look for in her songs because I do think she's a really great songwriter. I do. But she could have done a little bit more. But the, it just feels a little too simple for me. Mm-hmm. I want more of, like, her writing from personal experience again. And I know that, like, yeah, there are some tracks on Folklore and Evermore that are obviously about her own life, but a lot of it is fictitious and stuff like that, and that's fun and fine and dandy or whatever. And obviously she's in love right now, so, like, we're not going to get any rage. But Folklore, I felt like it had this somberness to it. There was some angst. It was, like, kind of moody, and I appreciated it. And this time around, I feel like a lot of the albums, like, from track to track, especially the first half, it all sounds very much the same. Well, I agree with everything you said. And I think the problem is because folklore was good. I do like folklore. I don't like every song on folklore, but I do like it. I like how somber it is. I like, you know, it that it does have some emotion to it. And I think the problem with Evermore is that it feels like just the throwaway songs. And exactly. she just compiled them into one album. And that's fine, I guess. If you want to put all your throwaway songs in an album, but I wouldn't make such a big deal about it saying, like, this is my ninth studio album, which, like, I guess technically it is, but also we're still counting this as, like, an album. But I would just, like, make this the B-side or something. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, it's it's just, I was just disappointed by it. And it, it when, I, when I say it feels rushed, like, production-wise, all sounds the same. It's a little, like, like, we like some Country Taylor. We do. But these days, I don't know if I want Country Taylor. I'm going to be honest. And I don't think it's the same as old Country Taylor. Not saying that I want it to be, but because, it's just kind of like... Mm. Because let's talk about old Country Taylor. Old Country Taylor was still a teenager going into her early 20s. This was like emotional Taylor Swift that was just over dramatic about everything. So she wrote over dramatic songs full of emotion, full of like all these like big words and you know really calling people out that's what we liked that's what they felt like diary entries they felt very authentic and this i don't know if it's because it's made up and like she hasn't really done country like consistently in a long time it doesn't feel as genuine yeah like no body no crime i really like the concept of it and that's about it same i feel like it would be a cool music video potentially and i really like Haim and i've liked them for a few years but i don't like the song itself it sounds like a lot of the songs on this album sound like other people 
Yeah. Like, this one sounds like Carrie Underwood, and I think that um, Gold Rush, which I know I was talking trash on the other day, but I was listening to it today, uh, it reminds me of Bel Air by Lana Del Rey. Mm. Like, they have that same kind of, like, dreamy kind of sound. Like, I know people on Twitter are disappointed because she, cause they're like, Taylor, you're trying to do this whole, like, folklore, you know, forest aesthetic, and you never even invited Hosier to, like, be a feature on my socks and I'm like I don't even think this is like like hosier aesthetic because it is but it also isn't because his his is like very powerful language and like lyrics but also kind of like just so like sexual and strong at the same, but like without explicitly saying it and I feel like Taylor just like quite hasn't hit that mark if that's what she's trying to do because she's definitely being experimental with her sound and doing something different, which, like, I commend her for. But I just think the three sister albums in such a sh- short amount of time, because people are speculating that the third one is supposed to re- be released, like, early spring. It seems kind of gimmicky to me. Yeah, and I guess if you're going to do the three studio albums, the three sister albums, <laughs> at least make the album shorter. <laughs> Please. 15 to 17 songs on each album is so much. I cannot remember every single song. What are your um, highlights so far? Obviously, everything's subject to change because um, the album just came out like two days ago. Let me look up the track list because uh, I don't know every single track list. Hello? Please. Well, why don't you name me your highlights until I find Okay. It? Um, I think one of my top ones is Closure, which apparently a lot of people don't like Closure, but whatever. I don't care. Um, it reminds me of I Forgot That You Existed, but something about the, like, I don't need this, I got my tears and my beers and my candles really spoke to me. Uh, Cowboy Like Me, because it's a little cooler. Uh, then we have, what is this other song? Oh my god, Dorothea. I actually really like Dorothea, but people are saying it's about Selena Gomez, and I'm like, okay, but how did y'all come to that conclusion? That's what I heard too, and I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, Gold Rush, I was really talking smack on the other day because it gave me Mirrorball energy where everyone was like, oh my god, Mirrorball, uh. And I'm like, Mirrorball is fine, but I don't get, like, the supremacy attitude about it. But Gold Rush, the part where it's like, what must it be like to grow up so beautiful or whatever, I said, okay, I like that part. And you know what I noticed? The bridges in this album just aren't hitting. They just aren't. You know how August has that August has a good bridge from folklore and that's what she's like known for is like writing like a powerful bridge and I really need to listen to this album more I really do I haven't really listened to it since it like came out but the thing is is I don't want to (laughs) yeah but I feel like I'm obligated to but my highlights for listening it listening to it once all the way through I like Tis the Damn Season um I don't know why. I can't give reasons for it. I just remember that I like these. You can call me babe for the weekend. <laughs> and then I like tolerate it. Oh, same. Um, and long story short. And I think I liked Closure and Evermore. Although, ooh, Evermore is long. Some of these are long. Five minutes. I think long story short and Ivy and Tis the, tis the Blankety Blank Season. I forgot where I was at for a second, y'all. Oopsies. Um, those are, like, in the I could like this if I spent more time with it category. You know, I saw a TikTok where they were saying, 
some girl, um, I don't know why when I say some girl it sounds offensive, um, a person on TikTok, like, said, okay, your zodiac sign associated with, like, a, um, Evermore song and Gemini said Ivy and I was like I don't even remember Ivy I'm gonna be honest sorry I kind of liked it but I didn't love it Coney Island a lot of people were like oh my god this is this album's exile and like y'all know that I didn't really like exile Ooh. uh but Coney Island it also didn't hit for me I didn't mind Coney Island I really need to listen to those more I'm so sorry guys I will say I don't like Willow or Champagne Problems. Ooh, I'm not a fan of Champagne Isn't that Joe? Who? William Probably. Bowers. Yeah, because he, he co-wrote it. Oh, Joe. Oh, Joe. Joseph. I don't think I could work on an album with my lover. Maybe that's why it's just not hitting the same. Because I did tell you before this podcast, sorry, that my main issue I found like with these past two albums and maybe even past three albums I should say is that I don't feel like there's a lot of emotion going into it and I think it is because she's in love I'm so sorry Taylor I have defended you since day one with everybody being like you can only write songs about your ex-boyfriends and like falling out of love (laughs) and I'm not meaning this in a misogynistic or offensive way but I do think her best like anthems and you could put it are just the ones where she's been like so heartbroken and feels so strongly about like all too well whatever Jake Gyllenhaal did to her it 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 produced one of the greatest songs of all time we both kind of think that since red her like lyricism hasn't ever like really matched red and Mm pre-red not hating on her because she's definitely put out some good tracks and said i'm not trying to say she hasn't but it's just not quite the same and obviously i want this woman to have love and happiness in her life i'm not saying i want you to be in pain we're not we're not going up to joe i mean like yo can you like break up with taylor just like for but like break up with her in like a really bad way you know don't be mutual like (laughs) anger and sadness yield some of the best stuff um, but that being said, like, she does have a lot of, like, familial-based tracks in the last couple albums that I think are really powerful and cool, like Marjorie, um, like that one song from Lover that I cannot remember the name of, I'm so sorry. It's, um, it's something along the lines of, like, you're gonna be alright, or something like that. Yeah, it's a, oh, you'll get better. You'll get better soon, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, soon it's you'll one get about her mom, yeah. Like, that one, I think, at the time when I was hearing it for the first time, like, over the summer, because obviously I was playing catch-up for a discography, it really just reminded me of, like, a situation going on in my own life. But I will say, she does, the one song that I'm going to give a pass for, like, being in love is um, Invisible String, because anytime I hear that, I start crying. I'm not playing, I'm like, maybe love is real. See, I do think she has, like, good, like, love songs. Like, call it what you want. Call it what you want about that brother lyric, but it's a good song, I will say. I mean, she, and Enchanted, oh my goodness. So, like, she does it really good. But when when it's, like, the norm, <laughs> I'm like, because Exile, I know you're not, like, the biggest Exile fan, but I think that's my favorite song off of Folklore. And I think that is just, like, 
hidden because I'm I don't think that woman was like hurting when she wrote it, but I don't know. But you could like feel the emotion coming through the it. The whole aesthetic reminds me of remember when that song Safe and Sound came out a long time ago? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You'll be safe and sound. That's what these two albums are. Like Hunger Games, Taylor Swift. Yeah, like, she's from District 12, you know, Hendersonville High School, a.k.a. Uh, District 12, and <laughs> no shade to anyone that goes to Hendersonville. No shame to Hendersonville High School. At I'm sure all. you're a great school. Hendersonville, y'all got Indian Lake, y'all know I y'all like rich it out kids. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I just, I don't know, I feel like these, a lot of these seem like songs that were just cut. Like, you know, like, yeah. folklore is maybe the cream of the crop, and these were kind of like, oh, Like, when, you know. when she said in her letter, like, when she released this album, that, like, they just kept writing, I'm like, well, I don't doubt you, but I think you need to put more context into this, because I feel like you kept writing, and then you stopped, and you released folklore, and they were like, wow, you know, we made a lot of money off of this. People love us now. Let's just, like, take all the ones we you know, didn't, didn't put in folklore and make, make it into a new album. And I'm not saying that's not how, that's like how it went because maybe it didn't, but I'm like, I feel kind of iffy about this whole like situation with how much they're working. Like how, like I know it's quarantine, but dang, y'all can't be writing songs 24 seven. And like, she has a home studio and everything. So obviously she has, you know, the access the ability but i kind of just want her like when this third one comes out woodvale or whatever i i want her to just step back yeah like take some time for her that and like please let jack hinton off and aaron desner go home please they must have loved ones they need to get back to when they were both like no we want to be it's like when you're at a party and you're ready to leave yeah. Like the host is like, I love you all. And you're like, and just like oh, I gotta stay now. I am ready to go home. Yeah. And they're like, but one more out. No. No. Please. It's, it's almost Christmas time. Please. Let's and go all home. the cardigans. Look, y'all, I'm still working on that hairy one. And <laughs> listen, for a second, I got cocky because I made one square that looked good. And I was like, I can do the Taylor Swift cardigan. And I quickly had to reel it in. And now there are two more. I think the one thing I don't like about those cardigans is that it has her, like, doesn't it have her initials on it? I think so. I would rather just have the album name. Yeah. That's why I'm not a fan of them. Like, I would never. That's why I don't like a lot of merch. Because it just has their names. Like, just their names. Like, not even the album that you're not releasing. Not having a Harry 94 sweatshirt. Oh, I have a Taylor Swift 1989 World Tour shirt. Please. And it just says Taylor Swift right here. It's not until you look at the back that it says 1989 World Tour. I just, I don't know. I think, I know that Woodvale is going to sound the same and a lot of people are making like these theories where it's like, oh, she's going to retire after this. I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know what woman's life. I don't know. I really But I do do hope she takes time off after this third one. I hope like she kind of just. This seems a little unhealthy. 
it's it's like a lot and it's also a lot for not saying like I'm complaining about getting music like oh my god a gift and I'm complaining but it's a lot for like people who are listening to music because like yeah because so much music has come out this year and when you have like one artist that just keeps giving it and then you look on Twitter or any other social media and you see everybody else being like, oh my goodness, Gold Rush, no one gives this song. Like, I'm like, I haven't even had the time to listen. I can't just sit down and listen to an album. I have to do something. I've like, but it's like a certain thing I have, like, I either have to be driving and then sometimes I don't even want to listen to the entire, like, new Taylor Swift album. I had to force myself to listen to it driving. I was like, I'd just rather listen to somebody else. But I feel obligated. It's overwhelming, to say the least. And I just think it's also overwhelming with, like, purchases and stuff. And that goes to all artists, not just her. Mm -hmm. People that keep doing these merch drops every two and a half seconds. It's, yeah, it's it's like, do y'all not make money, enough money? And then they take forever to ship it out. Yeah. Anyways, that's our rant about Evermore, the album we barely listened to. It's my favorite Taylor Swift album, you guys. It's number one. Move Over Lover. Yeah. Move Over, you know, debut album from 2006. <laughs> Move Over Red. <laughs> Anyways, you know, we should get into the real meat of this podcast. You know, really, what we're, what we're really here for a... The Belgravia grade <laughs> A meat. The, this has become a Courage and All classic. You know, this past year we've lost a lot of Courage and All classics. 13 Reasons Why has left us. Left us and you know, I'm sad about it. So it's it, it had to come to an end. You know, the society, the society was cancelled and apparently Insatiable was cancelled. But one thing we can always hold on to. Dear in our hearts during the holiday season. It's Vanessa Hudgens and her gift of Christmas movies. Vanessa Ann Hudgens has just been feeding us well for the past three years, and I hope she never stops. I know I had a lot to say. I was running my mouth at the start of quarantine when she was like, Coachella! And, like, I still agree with the way I felt then, but dang, do I love this woman in a Christmas movie. But when December 1st comes around, she is the star of it all. Honey, I get that amnesia every December. <laughs> like, a- anything problematic Vanessa's ever done, gone. She's Clean just, slate in December. She's just so iconic in these roles. I can't, like... <sighs> at, like, she's so bad in them, but also, like, so great at the same time. I just love Stacy Denaro or Denona or whatever her name is. Denaro, it's Denona. I love um, Margaret... Catherine, Claire, Claire, Catherine, Delacourt. Um, I love Madame Spaghetti. I love uh, Fiona Pembroke or whatever her name is. Pembroke, yeah, something like that. She, um, so you know, Vanessa has done a lot of Christmas movies over the years. I don't know how many. I hope she never stops. I hope she never does. This has become her thing. She's not like Hallmark level. She's not like Hallmark Christmas, which I appreciate. She's Netflix Christmas. 
you know, there's going to be a time in our lives where Netflix is going to have these, like, I mean, it already, they've already kind of established it. They have their whole genre of Christmas movies. And Vanessa will be the face of it. I want my children to grow up on the classics such as The Night Before Christmas and The Princess Switch. You know, that will be their National Lampoon's mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation. That will be their L. Yeah, I think the thing with these movies is that they're so... They're not, like, bad. I mean, they're bad but they're so enjoyable entertaining and they're like so just sweet and Christmassy it warms our little Grinch hearts it really just we both agreed even though we both watched it today it really like got us into the Christmas spirit like last night I you know began my Christmas spirit preparation clearly not enough considering um I am the Grinch at heart uh you know, I was listening to Oh Santa, Mariah Carey. I was listening to Christmas in the Sand, Colby Calais. And I was having a good time. Yeah. But I will say, this movie, it is considered a Christmas movie, but it's also, like, not. It's just set during Christmas time, and it doesn't really feel very Christmassy. And that did disappoint me a little bit. Christmas yeah. is more of the backdrop in this movie. Yeah. than I feel like in the first one, Christmas had more of, like, a center stage but i could just like be misremembering i don't actually remember i know night before christmas it definitely did but oh for sure i really want a sequel to that movie Mm -hmm. um this one is two years after the first one so they are staying on like an actual timeline Mm -hmm. and it picks up right where we left off and stacy just she just thought that we remembered everything she said hey guys it's stace it's me again she literally said, remember me? And I was like, nope. Sorry, I only remember the baking show. All I remember is baking in Chicago. Yeah, and then she starts saying, like, Margaret and Kevin. And I was like, Margaret, Kevin, what are you talking about? I did remember Kevin because he's everything to me. But, um, so basically, at the end of the first movie, Stacy and Prince Edward get married. Mm-hmm. So now Stacy is Princess of Belgravia. And then... They kind of, like, swapped, like, actually their realities. But I think at the end of the first movie, none of, like, the citizens of Belgravia slash Montanaro knew that they had switched. Like, they were just kind of like, oh, there's oh, Margaret married oh to Edward. Um, yeah, and then um, Margaret, you know, Margaret and Kevin, they dated. they've been having a fun time, but then her father... Her father passed away, which means... Well, no, her father passed away, but then her cousin was supposed to be in line for the throne, which was very odd. Because, like... And then her cousin, like, abdicated. They really said we watched The Crown Season 1. We know what abdicated means, but we're not going to explain it at all. We, we're not going to explain why he abdicated the throne. I don't know. Um, He just said, I don't want to do that, man. <laughs> and then... So she's in line for the throne. So her and Kevin, you know, they have some differences about that, of course. You know, that's a whole different reality. Um, you know, he's not Prince Philip. He's not going to bend like that. He said, no, no, no. Because they talked about their future. Because at first, Margaret, she was sure that, like, her cousin would be next in line. Like, she was like, okay, I'm not going to have to step up and deal with this responsibility. I can focus on you and your daughter, Olivia. And we can be a happy, normal family. But then when he abdicates... 
she has a responsibility to her people and she realizes that it's not even just like oh it's my obligation like she wants to do it yeah i'm still so confused on this whole abdication thing i'm so sorry but like so it was confirmed in the movie that fiona who is margaret's cousin fiona's dad was the uncle that abdicated the throne so i don't understand why fiona doesn't i don't understand why she's not in line she, well, her dad died. So was that... So is this like a whole different uh, cousin, uncle situation? I Who's think it's a cousin? totally different cousin. Okay, so Fiona... I know, there's so many. Vanessa Hudgens, Vanessa 1, Vanessa 2, Vanessa 3. Um, Fiona is Margaret's first cousin. So Margaret's dad had a brother... That's her uncle, and he died because he had a peanut allergy, which like oh okay, I was all that anaphylaxis. I, I don't know why I was getting confused between cousin and uncle. Okay, but I also kind of am with you and like why Fiona wasn't a contender. Like I don't understand. I if like one cousin was Margaret, what maybe Fiona would be after Margaret? I don't know. Because that did that cousin not have like a closer relative? Because if you look at how the British like. And I kept trying to tell myself, like, this is, like, I get, like, these are fictional countries, so maybe they just don't do the same thing as, like, the British. um, But it is British, though, because at the airport when they get married, (laughs) she's like, we're okay with the British wedding. And they have British accents. That's what confuses me. I'm like, it's like the only accent that is foreign to them in this movie is British. And that's what confuses me. And uh, there was just a lot of things that like would not have been true and I get like budgeting issues but also it's just like obviously they didn't do as much research but also get it's just like a simple Christmas movie they really don't want to be going into all this the crown stuff they really don't but what they did want to do is let Margaret have Margaret Thatcher's voice you know Margaret Thatcher's voice in the crown season four was accurate accurate it was like that in real life it was it was horrid i'm sorry it was just like oh it's a very strange accent but vanessa hudgens said i don't know how to do a british accent and it's obvious it's so breathy and like every time she talks it feels like she's on her last like exhale because she runs down the stairs and this is where i was like what is going on it's like the first line from her she sees stacy and she's like, Stacy in an American accent. And she's like, I'm so happy you're here. I think, Vanessa, I, again, I know this is a dumb Christmas movie that nobody's ever going to be, like, analyzing. But I think she needed a dialect or an accent coach. For it's this. very Natalie Portman in Jackie. Like, you can't even, yeah, like, you can't even pinpoint where in England her accent is from because it's obvious she's trying to do a british accent I'm like okay this is not even like this is not even north or southern Eng- england like that's like, where are we i don't know <laughs> like i could not tell like like you said it was so breathy and when she said her peas they were like P-, like they were like please please it's like we they don't always do that they don't like and every I want to watch this movie with an actual British person and just like look at them the whole time. The accents were just so bad; they were horrible. 
and I'm so sorry, Vanessa, to tell you this, but it just it's just the way it is. But the cousin Fiona, so she's also British, um, or wherever they're from, I don't know, British, you know, fake British. Um, she has this Catherine Hepburn, like, transatlantic 1930s, 1940s type of accent. She's like, Maggie Moo, it's your cousin. I kept trying to figure out what her accent was, and that's exactly it. It's transatlantic, which does not exist anymore. No, unfortunately. Okay. But, like, when she said, it's your cousin, I just I was like, is she from cousin. somewhere totally and she, different? And she has this, like, smirk. She's like, cousin. Cousin. <laughs> and I get the, I couldn't decide if she was American or British. I can't get this either. I was like, where is this girl from? Where is she from? And I know she was trying to make it easier on us, but also show that the class of, look, I could get into a whole, like, Thing on the commentary on social classes in this movie even though that's not important whatsoever but like Fiona is obviously like you know she's broke but she thinks she's like hot stuff she thinks she's rich still she is Liz Anya from that episode of That's So Raven if y'all remember where it's like do you carry a lunchbox she's Liz Anya yeah so I think she's so funny I she's <laughs> this movie is so bizarre because the movie tries to make it a point that like she comes from money because she's royalty but she spent it all how this girl spent all this money i have no idea so she has to have her like servants or what she calls minions like steal stuff to toilet paper to pay for trips but it's, it's like, double-ply. Yeah. And my thing is, and I know this is, like, a very prideful person who comes from old money. So I feel like she would never want to give up this estate. But <laughs> you could sell that estate and make... And have money. <laughs> I don't know. People... Someone would buy it. Yeah. Someone would. I just think... I know you just said, like, we could delve into socioeconomics, but I think we have to for a second, because I need to talk about Margaret Delacourt of Montanaro, her chief of staff, I think, um, Anthony? Mm-hmm. Tony. Oh, no, it's Antonio. Oh, oh, Anthony. Whatever, who cares? I was, him... oh, I'm sorry, I was getting confused between, because it's a character on the crown that's name is Anthony, but they call him Tony who had an affair with Princess Margaret. This, they stole everything. They, they did. Anyways. They move- stole from us. They stole from Vampire Diaries. They stole- Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Um, Antonio, so sorry for misspeaking earlier. He is Margaret's, you know, advisor. He's the one that's, like, kind of coaching her on this transition into being queen. Because obviously she's been Duchess for like a long time, so she hasn't really had like a super active role in anything, but you know, whatever. He, I texted Katie right after seeing him in a scene, and I said, okay, am I being just overly critical, or is this like a real thing? Did he not give you sexist and racist and classist energy? All in one man. He... Just the way he talked to Kevin, and I was telling you, he, Kevin is getting that Meghan Markle 
treatment that she did not deserve. And he doesn't deserve it either. Because there was something off about the way Edward, not Edward, um, Tony was talking to him. Because it was like, well, you'll, you'll never be good for her. In the sense of like, you're from Chicago and you own a bakery shop. He was, some, he was saying something like owning some type of shop or bakery. You're just a lowly shopkeeper, and I am Montanaro money. I just, he rubbed me the wrong way, and even the way he talked to Margaret, like, he was like, oh, well, I thought I would coach you and help you, and you need help because you're a woman, and we like, it was that, and I said, he's disgusting, and apparently him and Margaret went to university together, so, like, they go way back, you know, Mm -hmm. they got a relationship, they got a rapport, and Margaret kind of trusts him, and he starts trying to slide into her life romantically, you know, push the friendship envelope. He's like, hey, you know, I know you, I think what we could have could be more, and Margaret, bless her heart and soul, she is so confused because Kevin and Olivia show up to the palace, which I don't think she was expecting that, because Kevin and her are kind of trying to work things out, like they're mm-hmm. trying to get back together, but they just can't have the necessary conversation they need to have mm-hmm. about their future, and she genuinely considers like, oh my god, well Antonio, like, he wants to marry me, maybe that makes sense, and I'm like, girl, you don't have to say yes to him just because yeah. he asked you. Yeah. You don't have to say yes. And then Vanessa number one, Stacy, bless her heart and soul, she says, like, Margaret's having a literal crisis. She's like, I don't know what's going on. And Stacey said, maybe just try harder. <laughs> like, girl. Like, this poor woman. It's like, her father just died. She's going to be queen. And then everybody shows up and they're like, where's all your Christmas decorations? Stacy's honestly kind of horrible. Okay, she's giving me big Gabriella energy. You remember how, like, everyone used to always root for Gabriella in High School Musical, and then as adults were like, maybe Sharpay wasn't the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Stacy, because, you know, she's a new princess, and she has her own marital problems that she's not even privy to. She sees a tabloid with, like, this pixelated, grainy picture of Margaret looking sad, and she's like... Ugh. I'm so worried about Margaret. I'm like, you're royal and you're trusting a tabloid. (laughs) Girl. What is this? I don't know. And, like, was I the only one that was confused when Edward started bringing out these, like, problems to... Because he was like, I just feel like something's different. But I was like, did I miss something in the video of the movie? I definitely did. Because I did not sense any type of problems between the two of them. There was something at the beginning. I can't remember if this was, like, when they were at the palace or when they were at their own palace. But he keeps trying to, like, have alone time. And it, it seemed like he wants it to be a little sexy. A little, you know, saucy in the bedroom. Taylor Swift dress on Spotify. Um, <laughs> but she's kind of like, no, I'm busy. I've got all these things. The orphans. Christmas. The orphans. I need the to get orphans, the toys. Margaret, Christmas, everything. And Edward's like, but babe. And I kind of felt bad for him because in the first movie, he's really relevant. And this one, like, <laughs> he is so he, not important. He definitely took a Prince Philip, like, in this movie. You know, Prince Philip in the past two seasons of The Crown really just said, I'm not important anymore because that's what's true to real life. And 
Prince Edward said, I'm not important anymore because someone else came in and ruined everything. Thanks, guys. Is Antonio supposed to be um, Charles? Prince Charles. You know, their storylines do not match up, but in terms of, like, personality, I mean, kind of. He also gives me, like, Prince Andrew vibes. So, Andrew... Oh, Andrew, he was—he is apparently, um, or was, I should say, was apparently Queen Elizabeth's favorite child. They revealed that in season four, which I found so shocking because if you know anything about Prince Andrew, you know, he is probably the worst. He was friends with Jeffrey Epstein, you know, a lot of allegations against him, a lot, um, not very nice ones. So I found that funny. He kind of gives me that. Like, Prince Charles and Prince Andrew. And you know who's the good, the good child out of, like, all uh, all the royal children? Anne. Well, Anne is good. I should say that. But Prince Edward. Prince Edward. Mm-hmm. He was the cutie back in the day. And apparently he was nice to, nice to Diana. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's the only factor. Anne was very jealous of Diana. She was very jealous of her. So, anyways, enough about that. You know who's not the good child in this movie? Who? Olivia. Okay. Oh, so Olivia. first of all, they. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love Olivia. I live for you. I long for you, Olivia. She got recasted. I said, "Whose child is this?" I said, "Kevin, you don't realize that your daughter looks totally different." Someone switched that kid. They said, the princess switch, more like the ordinary daughter of a baker switch. I almost made a Hannah Baker, because Baker, okay, anyway. Anyway, (laughs) though, she um, is a totally different girl, but she kind of heightens Prince Edward's insecurities. Because, like, he's already really worried about his relationship with Stacey. He's like, things just aren't the same. Like, we ain't having that body and soul connection that we used to have. And she's like, I'm a child, but okay, I'll help out. She said, I know the 411 because the girlies, they always gossip around me. She said, you gotta stop being a helicopter husband. And he's like, what? What do you mean, a helicopter husband? And obviously she doesn't mean it because she's trying to distract him from Mm -hmm. figuring out about out about the switch which i don't see why he couldn't just like no he couldn't just know i don't it doesn't have he has nothing to do with it but you know had to create more tension for the movie so it made no sense anyway so she's out here being like look you're a helicopter husband you're basically horrible like she's ready to divorce you and i got tons of friends that we need to buy presents for and he's over here like not my baby Stacy. Like, imagine the controversy if they got divorced. He is doing the best he can. And honestly, even though he was really, like, boring in this movie and not really essential <laughs> to the plot, I did kind of feel for him because he looked like he was about to cry. Because yeah. he said, I spend so much time by myself because Stacy's out here doing everything that I should be doing because I am Prince. But I just have to fill my day until she gets home like some type of kicked puppy dog. I'm like, sweetie, get a hobby. But does he not understand that like him and the like him and her probably have like different responsibilities? Like, does he not like do all the prince I don't know what princes do. But like what she was doing, I was like, Yeah, this probably seems like a princess or like a consort 
thing would like like she was appearing at the baking show and like I don't expect the prince to do that. I mean maybe, but like that that's even though I think he did in the first movie. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe it's because it's her thing. Like, that's her person. You know, like, maybe William and Kate probably go and do certain things because the because everybody says, like, well, Kate does... I don't know what Kate does, but, you know. None of us know anything. It's because they don't have personalities. Come on. I'm like, where's the drama? I just think he needs his own hobby. I'm like, find something else to do. Get involved with an organization. You know, do something. Or, like, be like Anne and take up some horse riding. Become an I think Olympian. they rode horses in the first movie. I'm like, go yeah. find the horses again. Go become an Olympian. It's never too late. Instead of waiting around. But then they finally do have a conversation. And she's like, oh my god, baby, I never felt like that. We can have our own little princesses and princes. And that's resolved. I thought she was going to reveal she was pregnant then. Me too. Well, and then he was like, yay. Like, the whole movie seemed like he was like, I'm ready to get you pregnant, girl. And I was like, not me, babe. And can we take a second to, like, talk about probably the namesake of this episode? Mm-hmm. So while they're switching up positions, right? Okay. The whole reason for the switch is because, you know, Kevin and Margaret, they got to talk out their relationship problems. So Stacey's like, don't worry, Margie. I'll go to the orphan concert. You can go hang out with your man, but dress as me, Princess Stacy. Which would, if that whole area that they were in wasn't like closed off, would that not have caused like scandal? It would have been like, oh my god, the Princess of Belgravia is hooking up with this man. Yeah. Um, but I guess like, I mean, if they saw him kissing, yeah. But, like, like they could have made the excuse, like, oh, we're just friends. But, yeah, yeah you saw the kissing. Um, I thought the switch, I completely missed the whole point of the switch until we actually got to the switch. I was like, why are we doing this? What is the point of this? And then I realized it's just, so like, so she gets alone time with Kevin. Kevin? I just feel like there were other ways we could have gone about getting said alone time. And then Fiona, she, you know chops off her platinum hair and dyes it because she wants to take out her kaze princess margaret or dutch whatever she is and like take the throne well not take her out as in like kill her but you never know but take her out of the picture you yeah know, lock her in the dungeon because or uh, that's what i found like the stupidest i was like i don't know the official laws that would like because the whole coronation scene was really bugging me and I don't know what would happen if someone would, you know, switch positions and be coronated instead of the actual person. I don't know the official laws. I don't know how that would happen. I don't know what would happen after that. But it was a risky plan from the start. All I'm saying is that in Genovia, this would never happen. No. But while they're, you know, switching up positions for you... She was chloroformed in the powder room. Like, it was so dramatic. I was like, what is happening when in I the saw G-rated that part, movie? I, yeah, I was like, what is the rating on this? Because now kids are going to, like, see a hand rag and gonna be like, ah! Like, they don't even understand what, why the hand, why the rag was important. Mom, I can't take a bath anymore because it literally kills like, Stacy. I can't. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's some, you know what? Because I was one of those children. <laughs> like you know, like when like I'm gonna say little girls, even though anybody can play with Barbies, do your thing, y'all. Girls, as like when they would play with Barbies when they were kids, they'd be like, "Oh my God, school teacher Barbie, and you can be the student or whatever." I was always doing like the most dramatic storylines. <laughs> That's probably what my storyline would be. It was getting like kind of dark for a kids' movie. I was like, I don't know where we're going with this, and like. Stacy was like locked up in the cellar for a long time, and you know what really bugged me. So when they find out, when they find out the truth, that Fiona was in, was the imposter the whole time. Margaret goes. <laughs> she like wants to have Edward arrested because I called it from the start. Not Edward. Um, Tony. Antonio. I'm, I'm so sorry. I called it too. I said he is going to be in on this yeah, Fiona thing. He is. And he was. He was like, I just want the power. I'll either expose you, Fiona, or I'll, you know, or you like give me the money and let me be a part of it. He just wanted to marry Margaret so he could be in charge. Yeah. And apparently Tony gets off, gets off worse than Margaret, but um, because Margaret had a sad story. Fiona. Fiona. Oh my gosh. So many Vanessa Hudgens characters. Anyways, so Margaret um, is, she says to the guards, she's like, guards, arrest them and take them to the dungeons. I was like, dungeons? Where is it? When is this movie set? It's set in 1334 with Sir Cole. Uh, Like, the dungeons? This is a church. There are no dungeons in this church. Take him to pew number three. But, um, I just think some of the language used in this movie like, so outdated. There's so many Vanessas that it's hard to keep track. Like, Fiona gets off pretty much scot-free. Like, they're ready to arrest her for, you know, impersonating Margaret and for, like, treason or whatever because she's like, hey, baby, chloroform. Which, like, I'm not trying to inspire anybody, but can't you make chloroform? Isn't it just, like, bleach and something else? Yeah. Don't try that at home, kids. But she gives her this sob story of, like, my parents never loved me, and I always wanted to be you, cousin. And she gets off scot-free. I mean, she still has guards and, like, police around her, but still, like, she's not in prison, which I felt so... Is this, like, a lesson for children saying, like, you can do... Like, whatever you wanted, you can like, you can kidnap people, but if you have a good sob story, you'll get away, guys. If you chloroform your cousin in the powder room, and you cry after when you're getting in trouble, you'll probably be fine. Yeah. No big deal. But, you know, after all this, Kevin and Olivia, they're going to the airport to leave because... Fiona, dressed up as Margaret, was like, I need to get this Kevin guy off my back. He's he's being so annoying. So she's like, just go away. I don't love you. Bye. So the gang, the whole gang has to go up to the airport. Classic airport I love you scenes. Which are not accurate because you would not be able to get up to the gate like that without going through security. She is the future queen, so Maybe. I don't see A R E. If everyone else in this line has to go and get scanned and everything, like 
Miss Ma'am and the crew, they're going to have to get scanned, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they profess their love, Kevin and Margaret. And she says, will you marry me? And he's like, yeah. And this, again, I know it's a Christmas kids movie, but this just bugs me. The cheesiest little thing. I see a priest that's obviously busy and has a flight. Let's ask him to marry us, which will take hours to figure out. Because, like, that was a Catholic priest. Before you get married, you have to, like, have a meeting with the priest and be like, yeah, we're, like, cool and, like, we're ready to get married. You have to, like, make an appointment. But she said, I'm the queen. I can do whatever I want. I can stop the flight if I want to, which I never did. No, that man probably missed his flight. Like, he took off, but it probably the plane was probably gone. And this was Christmas Eve. He was probably trying to get back to his family. He had places to bring in people to see, and then they're trying to hold everything up with this whole airport wedding production that could have waited. I mean, y'all have... Okay, Kevin has had this ring since the previous summer, and I just thought it was mighty convenient that he had the ring in his jacket pocket ready to go, and there was a... What, what is it called? An altar oh. in the airport. With the mistletoe. Well, maybe he was planning on proposing to her, like, um, like, maybe he would, like, maybe he thought the whole trip was going to turn out differently. He was going to propose. I don't know. Um, but they get married. It's a very rushed ceremony, much like the coronation. Let me, let me talk about this coronation for a minute. Look, the crown, season one. I'm going to keep bringing this up. Look, they show the whole coronation with Queen Elizabeth. It is so different than how they show it in this movie, and it bugs me so much. No, none of like the holy oil is being. It's like because they do this thing. I don't know the exact words or whatever, but basically, the priest, you know, touches her forehead and the chest. It's like something like with the oil and the breast, and then the oil in the head or something like that. No oil was used. Also, there was like nobody there basically. And the church was very small. And then, I don't know, just, it, it was like, very what rushed. What is the population of this country? It's like, like it, It's like 100 people. It has to be like two people. <laughs> Everyone else is from the states. Like, half the people there aren't even from there. I know. And the fact that it's just like, it looked like random people just show it up. I'm like, I don't think that's how this goes. Because only certain people can watch the coronation. Because it's technically like a holy, like, ritual and she was like sworn in in two seconds same thing with the wedding vows like for margaret it was just like do you have your wedding vows prepared and it's like i promise i'll love you forever me too it's just like well i mean i hope if you're like, getting married. imagine that being your wedding vows that would be me but like just because i'm really nervous and forgot everything <laughs> I'm not writing my own. I'm just going to do the whatever, like, the standard one. Oh, I would never, like, I would probably write my own, but never do it in, like, in, in public. In front same. of my I family. I feel the same way. Like, I would probably write some soulful Taylor Swift album Yeah. for my boo thing, and I would do it privately. I would never do that in front of, like, a crowd, because it would just sound, like, corny. Yeah. Like, even doing the whole, like kissing them like in front of my family please can't know that I'm gonna get like one of those fans and like hold it in front of my face (laughs) it's like like because I remember breaking Dom Heart 1 when Bella's like 
when they're kissing and then she has this whole like dream sequence thing not the thing where like he kills everyone but like they circle around and nobody's there because it's like just the two of them kissing it's just our moment and like how long did like did they actually kiss for that long i just like (laughs) i just know that this would be me just like the quickest thing i would give a kiss on the cheek and call it a day what if i just like give a nice like hand pat like a it's been good oh yeah like pat on the shoulder like Wow, good job, man. So, what's the what's the reception, huh? Where's the cake at, y'all? Y'all. Oh, we gotta take pictures now? Huh. I don't know about that. Let's all just take a picture with our mind. Let's just remember this moment. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, was there anything we missed in this movie? I mean, obviously there was so much going on. I feel like we didn't even get to spend any time with the orphans this time, which was really hurtful. Was it St. Michael's or St. Matthew's? I don't know. And we also didn't get to spend any time with Edward brushing off Stacey's anxiety. He's like, you know, with your anxiety, maybe we should just have some wine and hook up. I said, yeah, forget Lexapro. This man just said, I want to have sex, and that's about it. Really? He said medication, therapy, talking through it. No, no. No, that's not the solution. In this household, we use the Tessa and Hardin approach. We don't work through our issues. We just talk bodies. Um, as that Tove Love song, uh, Tove Flo, what is that woman's name? Tove Lo? Tove Lo. Tove Lo song. What happened to her? Is she? She does have that one song called I'm a Cool Girl. I'm a, I'm a Cool Girl. Mm. I probably heard it, but I just can't remember it. Anyways, this is not our last episode of the year, but um, last review of the year. Just think back on all the TV shows and movies we've reviewed this year. I When I tell you, I can't remember anything because literally time this year has felt unreal. Very odd. We did mostly TV shows, I think, this year. Because we had the time to do it. Yeah. I mean, we did we did the 100 season one. Which was crazy. And I ended up watching the rest of it. Then we did 13 Reasons Why Season 4 and 1. Mm-hmm. And then the Society Season 1. Uh, I Am Not Okay With This Season 1. Oh my god. That was before quarantine. All before quarantine. And then what was the summer? Girl, I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. We haven't seen each other since March. I know. I hope that can change. I hope it can. Me too. It's going to feel weird once we go back to doing things in the car. It's going to be like... I don't even know. Like, what if I don't know how to act anymore? I know. Because we'll have to like look at each other like this now. Sideways. And now that I'm a felon, I'm like really <laughs> scared to drive. <laughs> well, I'm scared to have a felon in my car. I, I Let me clarify it. that really quick before anyone is like, oh my god, uh, I got a speeding ticket this week. Nobody No Crime is not based on Taylor. Lee. No, it's absolutely not. I don't have the gusto. I don't have the country music um, rage in me to kill anybody. But I apparently do have the lead foot it takes to speed up a little bit too much in this 30 mile per hour zone. Mm-hmm. 
but I will say it's my first speeding ticket ever. I am a good driver. I believe that. You are a good driver. I've been in a car with you. You know, I forgot to rate this on Letterboxd, so I don't know what I would give it out of five stars. Um, What would you give it? Out of five? Hmm. Out of five stunt doubles for Vanessa Hudgens when Margaret and Stacey are in the same room, I would give it... You know what? I would give it three. It was good. I don't think it was as good as the first one, but it was still enjoyable. Let's see. Out of five, um, you know, orphans in need of toys, I would give it, I would give it three as well. Three for what it is. Yeah. I think it was very enjoyable. It was a good time. It's, it's not a great movie, but that's not its intentions. It really isn't. It's just, you know. It's just meant to be, like, a good holiday cheer. Anyways, should we take a quiz? I think now's the right time. We are taking a quiz called Plan a Christmas Movie Marathon, and we'll reveal which classic Christmas character you are. I did not have the right one open on my computer. Okay, (laughs) summer is canceled. It's Christmas now. By Sarah Thompson, a community contributor. Thank you, Sarah. Without an H. Choose a holiday drink. Hot chocolate. Hey, hey, we got it. Hot, hot, hot chocolate. Um, apple cider vinegar, uh, mulled wine, or eggnog. Okay, so I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion because I've always heard different opinions about eggnog. So I've never had eggnog just like by itself it's always been something flavored like eggnog ice cream or something like that um but apple cider i do love apple cider it's just so good you know i'm really hurt that a southern classic boiled custard is not on here but that's okay um i'm not a hot chocolate girl don't think i ever will be Eggnog is something that I feel like I've had before, but I don't really have an opinion about. So I'm also going to choose apple cider. Do you like yours hot or cold? You know, I'm just a cold beverage queen at heart. Really? Yeah. I love love it hot. It's not bad cold, but hot is where it's at. We had apple cider on a field trip in, like, kindergarten. We went to an apple orchard, and it was over that crushed ice, and I remember being like, Yes. There's an apple orchard up here. And we didn't go this year. We usually go every year, but we didn't go this year. And they have um, hot apple cider. And I always get it. And it's always so good. Along with an apple fritter. Not a fritter. Yes, a fritter. Choose something cozy. Ooh, knit socks. Not to be confused with fuzzy socks. Fuzzy blankets. Not to be confused with knit blankets. Knit blankets. <laughs> Slippers. I was going to say they look like they're from Target before I saw that Target's underneath. <laughs> or um, pajamas. A nice matching set. Um, I'm going to choose a fuzzy blanket. Ooh. Slippers are fun in theory, but I feel like I don't ever wear them consistently. I just like walking on dirty floor. Uh, I'm going to go with 
pajamas because Dream Me has like matching sets instead of crusty old sweatpants from like 2014 and horrible shirts with bleach stains. I don't remember the last time I had a pajama set. Choose a holiday treat. Christmas sugar cookies baked with love. Thumbprint cookies, which are those ones that have the little kisses on the top. Those are the... mm. Uh, (laughs) Literally. Gingerbread cookies. A classic. I remember making those in Miss Jenny's classroom many years ago. Or chocolate peppermint cupcakes. That's just a lot going on. Um... Let me just say, out of all of these, when the chocolate peppermint cupcakes came out, I was like, whoa. I've never had that. And it looks good, but it does look like a lot for a holiday treat. Mm. It's either the sugar cookies or thumbprint cookies, because the thumbprint cookies are always peanut butter with a little Hershey's kiss. They're so freaking good. I haven't had them in years. But, like, mm-hmm. for me, it was that or gingerbread, because, you know, I can get down to gingerbread cookies. I don't like gingerbread. Oh, I'm gonna be honest. I do not like. Gingerbread. Not even the ones that look like the Olsen twins, like the tiny little ones. No, not even the Olsen twins. Sorry, I don't think the Olsen twin cookies. Mary Kay and Ashley, <laughs> I am so sorry that she just disrespected y'all like that. I'm gonna pick Miss Thumbprint because you know criminology, how to get away with murder. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, something different. So I'm gonna go with sugar cookies. Choose the first movie. I don't really vibe with these. What? We have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Elf, overrated, Home Alone, or How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And this is the live action one specifically. Okay, let's let's, let's break down what you just said about my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Elf? I don't like Christmas movies, though. You know, I didn't think this was going to turn into a fight. On the, We don't fight often on this podcast, but I think we're about to. I mean, it's not like one of those opinions where I'm like, let me fight about it. I just, like, don't care. <laughs> so, you know, it was funny. My parents and I were talking the other day about, like, what the best Christmas movie is. And I said Elf. My dad said National Lampoons. Um, and my mom, I think she said, like, I don't know. I figured... I would have thought she said, like, it's a wonderful wonderful life. Such a mom thing to say. But she said something else. And it was, like, such a generational thing to say, like, certain movies. Like, my dad's was, like, National Lampoons, which we always watched growing up. And then mine was, like, Elf. I love Elf. I just feel like Christmas movies, they just don't... I don't know. Like, that's just not really an area that I delve into often. Like, if the Santa Claus is on here, Maybe. Oh, you know what my mom did say? I'm sorry. I keep. Uh, she said Fred Claus, which I like Santa Claus more than Fred Claus. That's just my opinion. Those are some choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you pick? I'm going to go with Pop It All and uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It is a good movie. I do like that movie. Sometimes it feels like a fever dream because that movie is so strange. I just... There's so much going on. And there's so many Lampoon movies where it's like, which movie did this happen in? Yeah, because there's like one where like, they either the aunt or the grandmother dies in the backseat of the car. And they're trying to get to that water park or whatever. Yeah, that one's, um, what is that one? Is that like summer vacation? That has to be like some summer. I don't even know. They all kind of blur together, but maybe that's the appeal. 
because the Christmas one is where this is I have like certain like little memories with it so the Christmas one is where they're sitting in bed but they just got the tree down so they got like sap all over their hands and she's trying to read that those magazines and she, it keeps sticking she's like ripping apart those magazines isn't there one where he like swims with like he goes night swimming with some girl it's it's the Christmas okay one. and the like the Christmas light scene too because let me tell you, I don't know why I would watch this. <laughs> I would watch these movies with my dad when I was like six. And I was watching this with him. But none of us knew any better. We didn't. Choose a Disney movie. Ooh, okay. We have I'll Be Home for Christmas starring JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thompson. We have The Nightmare Before Christmas. Scary. That's not for me. We have Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas honestly underrated or the santa claus starring tim allen i didn't know that was a disney like technically a disney movie well it's not a decom but it is a disney movie yeah i didn't know that well it's obviously the santa claus oh yeah for sure Uh, as much as i would love to give it to jtt for waking up in the middle of that desert and being like where am i uh it has to go to tim allen Mm -hmm. and his oscar award winning performance and that little boy saying clatter there's a clatter like again <laughs> choose a comedy movie Ooh, i don't think i know any of these we have christmas with the cranks we have noel literally never heard of that a bad mom's christmas or four christmases okay the fact that you don't know like some of these movies i don't know okay, any so, of them so noel i think that's a new one because i used to see like the commercial for it on like hulu because it says disney plus so obviously that's new um a bad mom's christmas look um i know there's like some i I think this is a sequel to that bad mom's movie i never saw but christmas with the cranks and four christmases now that's where it's at that is where it's at let me let me tell you this is what the doll household watches during christmas time you know uh you gotta get that vince vaughn for Christmas, he, he's in Fred Claus and Four Christmases. They gotta go all. They got to four different families for Christmas. Christmas with the cranks. She's chasing that ham down the parking lot because her daughter's coming home for Christmas when she's supposed to be on a cruise. The caucasity of it all. Which one of these? Which one of these Christmas movies is the one where they're like at a mall or something and like the like they're falling down the escalator? Which is that? Or is that like the Fockers or something? I don't know. I'm picking Christmas with the Cranks because Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen. I'm also picking Christmas with the Cranks because that is such like, it reminds me of my childhood. Just thinking about her going down the parking lot with that ham. Choose a Hallmark movie. I don't know any of these either. Because so many of these come out each year. Like, that's not anybody's fault. A Wish for Christmas. Ooh. Switch for Christmas. Very appropriate for this week. Oh, my God. Christmas at Pemberley Manor? Similar to, um, what is her last name? Fiona Pembroke? Or A Christmas Detour? Uh... That's that girl from Full House. She's a she's a Hallmark girl now. That's all I know. Um, I don't remember what her name is. Candace Candace Cameron. Mm-hmm. That's her name. Um, 
you know, I've never seen any of these movies, but I'm going to pick Switched for Christmas because that's what our whole podcast is about today. I want to pick Christmas Detour because it's giving me... Have you ever seen Holiday in Handcuffs with uh, Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez? <laughs> it's giving me that energy. Okay, choose a classic movie. White Christmas, never seen it. It's a Wonderful Life. Isn't that the one where you're like, every time an angel or whatever? Is that that one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Miracle on 34th Street. Or maybe it's that one. It's one of those two. It, I, mm. mm-hmm. Or A Christmas Carol. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really vibe with any these. Movies, are the boring movies? They are. I'm sorry. You know what? They had to build the foundation for the good ones. They did because a Christmas Carol. I like the new Christmas Carol. It was like the Disney animated. That one, one is good. I saw that in theaters. I think I own I it. Did too. I did too. I saw it opera. I remember it scared me though when the second mm-hmm. ghost or whatever, like when he started laughing and it became a skeleton. <laughs> Oh traumatized gosh, it me it was on the other day and i was watching i was like why is this scary it was like terrifying but i guess for that i guess i'll pick a christmas carol i'm also picking that because that's the only one that i feel familiar enough with mm-hmm. choose a mug for a warm drink you ain't never catching me drinking that um we have hugs and hot cocoa with a little sweater on it her nail polish color is very similar to my pedicure color wow oh. um we have yeah, I like to camp. Animal alternative. Pop punk. Five sauce. <laughs> um, we have <laughs> Santa Claus from Home Goods. It just gives me big Home Goods energy. Or um That's Target right there. Oh yeah. That this is, is Target, Target dollar section. Uh it's kitty cat sunglasses. I thought it was a polar bear at first, but it's definitely a cat. I'm definitely gonna have to go with the kitty cat Target one. I think I'm going to go with um, Miss Metallic Nails because, you know, if we both painted our nail set color, we have to have something in common. I do think I have a a nail polish color like that. We could all be matching. We could. Finally, choose a Christmas activity to do during the holidays. Or the movies. Sorry. (laughs) I I read that like a completely different word. (laughs) Why are we going to do this while the movie's on? Like, how am I supposed to watch a movie and do an activity? I really don't know. That's not active watching. We have decorate a gingerbread house, which sounds fun, and then you actually start doing it. It's it's so stressful, guys. It's fun until you do it. And then wrapping mm-hmm. Christmas presents. Girl, no. That is like a full concentration task. I can now be doing two things at the same time. Decorate the Christmas tree. I haven't done that in years. I've just let my family do it. Ooh, and then I walk same. in and say, oh my god, why are they not spaced out and complain? And then... I help them get the tree down, and then I make up some excuse, like, I have homework. That used to be, like, the best part about Christmas was, like, decorating the tree, like, when I was a child, and now I'm like, I don't want to freaking do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or baking Christmas cookies. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say decorate a gingerbread house, because I feel like that's what we do. We, We do, like... You can buy, like, little miniature gingerbread houses for, like, each and every person in your house now, um, in your household at, like, Joanne's or something, and that's what we do. We have, like, a movie on the background, and we decorate that gingerbread house and start yelling at each other, because, you know, 
everything falling apart. It wouldn't be Christmas if there was no screaming. Um, I'm gonna pick baking Christmas cookies because my grandpa, when I was a kid, would get those little like. It wasn't real baking, but you know, you would get those little packages and he would put them on the cookie sheet and it was like the highlight of my life, leaving cookies Mm -hmm. for Santa. Yeah. So what Christmas movie character are you? (sighs) You know, not surprised by this result, The Grinch. (laughs) No! Christmas time isn't your favorite time of year. Honestly, as an adult, I would agree. You're not one to, oh my god, hello? Dyslexia. You're not one to start blasting holiday music once the weather drops a couple degrees. I was last night, I'm let me tell you. You do have a soft spot, though, as you like giving gifts more than receiving them. Aww. I wish I had a fatter budget to give people what I want to give them, but instead it's like, mm-hmm. and here's a candy cane for you? It's the thought that counts. That's what we all say. What did you get? So I got, this is so funny, I got the complete opposite, Buddy the Elf. You're an optimist that has never-ending energy. Your Christmas spirit has no off button, which makes you a holiday powerhouse. On Christmas Eve, you stay up late wrapping presents, stuffing stockings, and baking cookies, and you wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I don't think I'm like full Buddy the Elf level, but... You know, I think I really just, like, need to get into the Christmas spirit, and I don't know if I'm quite there yet. It's kind of sad. I think when you get older, like, the holidays are just, I don't want to say they're not as fun, because any experience is what you make of it, but there's a lot more stress when you're older, because, like, as a child, you don't have to worry about buying people stuff. Oh, me and my sister got, like, in a full-on fight, because I was like, oh, this is what I'm getting, uh, like, them for Christmas, and she was just like, I don't think they'll like that. And I'm like, okay. And she's just like, yeah, they just won't like it. I'm like, well, I think they will. And they were like, she was like, fine, then get for them. Like, she had, I'm not out here trying to bash my sister. But she's, this, this girl thinks like the more money you spend, the more meaningful and better the gift is. I'm like, no, this is not it. My mom will love her gift. She will. You know, in these trying times with finances, with speeding tickets on the horizon, people are going to love whatever they get regardless. And if they have something Mm -hmm. negative to say, they can put it in their own journal because it's not going in mine. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot has been going on this year, but let's all just try to get in that good it's not even just Christmas spirit. It's just supposed to be a very happy time. The end of the year spirit. Like, we're yeah. about to enter a new... I hate when people say this. A new chapter. But, like, we are. I think we need it. I think we need that positive positivity. Because let me tell you, every year just seems to get worse and worse one after another. But I think the energy and just mood of me just thinking it will get better is what's keeping me going. <laughs> I mean, I can't disagree with you there. So, uh, we here at CND want to wish you a happy holidays. Um, whether that's Christmas, whether that's Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or even if you don't celebrate, just like enjoy the rest of your December. I think it's the third. I could be so wrong. I think it's the third day. Is it the third day of Hanukkah? Or is Hanukkah already it has already started, but I do not know what day it, we're on. It was on my calendar. 
and I thought it was Thursday. Like it started Thursday. I don't know. But I know I know what's going on, guys. I included it in my paper. Alright. Um, please give us a rating, give us a review for this holiday season. Tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. And follow us on Twitter at Courage and Doll and check out our website. Courage Doll Podcast at Wixite.com slash now playing. <laughs> And if you don't have Twitter but you still want to tell us your thoughts, then email us 